You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. If you'll notice here in 1 Peter, the book bearing the apostle Peter's name, he deems the faith of fidelity that the saints of Asia Minor had as genuine. Genuine. Which implies that your faith can be false. You can say something, but what you're saying is not evident in your lifestyle. Faith is something, according to Romans 1 and 17, that you have to live. That verse closes out by saying, as it is written, or the just shall live by faith. You got to live by faith. You got to live according to what the word of God speaks to you and you receive into your hearing in order for your faith to be genuine in order for it to be real. You got to think word, talk word, and do word in order for your faith to be considered genuine. But he says again about them that that their faith was, was genuine. Genuine. And compared it to a degree if you'll notice in verse 7, to, to gold. And gold is deemed the most precious metal. One of the things that people love about gold is the color. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you like the color of gold, don't you? If you would ask most folks, do you want the silver or the gold? They say, well, the silver is real nice, but I'd rather have the gold. But after you give me the gold, you can give me some silver too, but I'd rather have the gold. And even in society, gold is an emblem of being the greatest. When a person comes across the line first, especially when when we think about the Olympics, they get the gold. 
and 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 if you get the gold, you are the greatest. They you got the you got the big step, as I used to call it. <laughs> I don't want that side step. So don't want to be on the grass. I was fourth place. No, I want the gold. Want to be considered the greatest. But gold perishes. Yeah. It's limited. But he mentioned gold in another sense because gold has to go through a process. Has to go through fire. And when the gold goes through fire, what, whatever has attached itself to the gold, you'll start to see a separation. And you'll see the gold on, on one side and, and, and that other stuff, whatever it may be on the, on the other side. It's a separation. And see, in order to have Genuine faith. You have to be tested just like gold. He didn't say that it ain't nothing in you once you start going through the fire that, that's, that's going to be separated. Yeah, there's it's some, it's some stuff in you. It's concealed, but once you get to going through the fire, it's going to be evident, get this, to you. Because sometimes God will take you through the fire, but he won't allow anybody to recognize the impurities but you. And, and, and that should cause you to be humble. Even if he just allows a few folks to recognize that you got some impurity, that should also keep you humble. God put me through it. I, I, I thought I, I, I didn't think I was going to cry like I did, but he showed me I ain't well. What I'm saying is, if you're going to have genuine faith, you're going to have to be tested. You're going to have to go through something. Yes, you are. You can't, you can't tell folks about the goodness of the gospel without going through something. You can't really declare to somebody how real Jesus is without going through something. You got to go through something. And, and everybody's not going to go through the same thing. But you have to go through something in order for you to truly stand flat-footed and tell somebody how real Jesus is. You can tell when, when somebody is saying something, whether the person is sincere or not. 
whether the person is just saying it just to be saying it or whether the person is saying it because of what they have went through and had their own personal experience with God. Some of us know that God is a keeper. We don't care what what scientists say we don't care what reports say we know that the lord is a keeper some of us know that the lord will bring you out of unusual situations bad situations situations where you can't get yourself out of because you found yourself in a trial that was hot and god was the only one that was able to bring you out of the predicament that you were in. You found yourself in a place that you had prayed that you never would get in and God showed up and let you know I'm allowing this to happen but I'm going to bring you out so you can be a testimony for me. But before I bring you out, I've got to let you stay in the fire. And it's not just going to get to 70 degrees. I'm going to let it go up to 132 degrees. So it's going to get hot. Say to your neighbor, he will allow a test to come forth in your life and it will get real hot. Ask somebody, have you ever been in the fire before? Have you ever been tested before to the point to where you start down God? Questioning his ability. Lord, you hear me? You see what I'm going through? I need you to move now, God. Lord, do you see... Lord, they just gave me a report that I, I, I never thought I would have. They said, ain't nothing they can do, Lord. He will allow you to go through the fire. To see whether you're going to buckle or quit trusting your God. Yes, he will. He will allow you to go through something to see if you're going to trust him the way you've been talking or not. I done been there. Ooh, James sure was right. Be slow to speak. You done been in a good service and you just on fire, but then you start saying stuff. You have to 
be careful. To watch yourself because God will allow you to be tested. Some of us in here can tell you about some stuff. Stuff that you prayed that never would happen but then God said I'm going to allow this to happen. Just like he did Joe. Joe would get up every day praying for his children. Read Job 1 and 2. He'd he get up every day praying for his children. And then all of a sudden, the, 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 the devil came before God. And said, Job, he'll curse you to your face. If you allow me to do this, that, and the other. God said to him, said, I told you, he is an upright man. But I'm going to give you permission. But he gave him limitations. Couldn't touch Job. Couldn't touch his soul. Couldn't kill him. That's what he wanted to kill him. And so... The enemy took out his children. Took out his children. Job got to going through so much, but, but he held on to his integrity. And, and, and in the midst of him losing stuff, he said, the Lord gives. And the Lord takes away. But blessed be, and this is what he said, the name. But get this, he was talking about the word. Blessed be the name of the word of God. See, Job knew the word. That's the reason everything he spoke in, in, in the midst of what was happening, he was speaking word until he got to the point to where he just wanted to, to die through so much he just wanted to die he wasn't going to kill himself like his wife wanted but it was so hot he just wanted to die of course God wasn't through with him when his appointment that's just what he wanted Some of us in here, we never been through some stuff. Oh, God, just take me. I'm ready for heaven. No, you ain't ready for no heaven. You're going to finish what I told you to do. Mm -hmm. You in here now. You ain't even giving me no amen, but I know you're in here. But you ain't going nowhere until God get done with you. Gotta go through some test. And, and, and test to make you grow up. Or you'll give up. I said, test will make you grow up. Or you'll give up. 
I have complained in trials, told God, I, God, don't seem like you you hearing me. Don't seem like you want to do nothing. For, I have told him stuff like that in a fiery trial. But in the midst of it, I never gave up. I may have messed up, but I didn't give up. I, I, I wish I had somebody that, that could help me a little bit. Tell somebody I'm like the preacher. I may have messed up, but I didn't give up. I'm like Peter. Where we gonna go? Where we gonna go? Jesus said, Y'all gonna leave? Where we gonna go? You have the words of eternal life. That's what Peter said to Jesus. I can't go nowhere. You got the word that is causing me to live my best life. You got the word that's causing me to go from A to Z. You have the word that has changed me for the better. You have the word that has made me good and happy. Made me experience big and bigger. I can't Go nowhere. Even though it's hot, I'm staying right here. And, and so when Peter said to the churches of Asia Minor that they had genuine faith, you would think that, that they were on the highest level when it came to faith. But then he told them a little later on in the same book, 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13 in Paul. He said, look, you can't think it strange. You got genuine faith, but you can never think it strange concerning the fiery trial. That you're going through. You can't think that you're too good. You pray too much for something like this to happen. Why didn't it happen to so and so? She don't pray like I pray. She don't give like I. Why did it have to happen? To, I'm loyal. Why did you allow this to happen? To, Because some folks think their prayer life, if they pray regular, that certain things shouldn't happen. If they give, certain things shouldn't happen. Bottom line, they, they get their mind gets to roaming. They get to wondering why in the world is this right here happening? Look at somebody and say, he probably talking about. You or me. Ah, ah, ah. Himself. You don't need to whisper. I'm talking about everybody. Because all of us have wondered why me. You can't think it's strange concerning 
fiery trial. Something you didn't want to go through, but now you're going through it. Something you thought would never touch you, but now it's touching you. A report you never thought you would get, but you got it. Say to your neighbor, that's a fiery trial. But you got to keep your mind intact. You can't think it strange. You got to keep your mind intact. You can't think it strange. You got to keep your mind on the things of Jesus. You can't think it strange. You got to keep your mind on what it should be on, which is the will of God. You can't thing strange Philippians 2 and 5 said let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus Romans 12 and 2 said be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or know what is the good the acceptable and the perfect will of God think it not strange just because you're going through something. You start thinking strange. Then you start talking strange. You start talking strange. Then you'll start doing strange things. You should be going. You should be going right. But you're going left. You should be doing this. But you're doing that. You should be giving God his tithes. And his offering. But you're coming up with your own financial scheme. So now you're robbing him. And you're trying to do this, that, and the other. You should be doing what God has given you the ability to do. But you're trying to do what you desire to do in your flesh. Quick. Say to your neighbor, quit allowing the fiery trial to control your mind. Think it not. They had genuine faith. But Peter wanted them to know the enemy is still going to come at your mind. When you get to going through stuff, you're still going to be attacked mentally. But you can't think it strange. You can't think it strange. Because when you start thinking it's strange, then all of a sudden, you ain't praising God the way you used to praise. Oh, you still give, but, but, but you ain't giving with that joy that you, that you once had. Oh, you still a Christian, but, but you ain't the fireball that you used to be. Why? Something going on in your mind. Say your neighbor, you can't allow stuff to get all in your mind. Because if you start thinking strange, you'll start looking at folks strange. You'll start receiving the word strange. I heard what preachers said, but I didn't agree with everything he said. Yeah, that's because you're thinking strange.
Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which yields to try you. And sometimes a fiery trial could be that thing or that person that's trying to get you out of the will of God. See, see, when it's fiery, it does not always mean that it's horrendous to the point to where you can't stand it. No. It can be very subtle. But it's fiery in the sense that it's working on your mind. Even though it's not pounding your mind. See, see, I see, I can use something by putting it in your water to destroy your mind, or I can take a hammer and destroy your mind. But it's still going to mess up your mind. And when you wrestle with something that's trying to get you out of the will of God or trying to make you look at the will of God in your own eyes, in your own way, your deal fiery trial. Whenever you start to think Stranger, think in contrast to what is written and what is revealed and is ongoing and it starts to affect your words and your deeds. You're in a fiery trial. You know, so 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 and so she acting so strange. She's still coming to church, but she just acting so strange. That's because something has started to attack her mind. And the thing that's attacking her mind, even though she's in church, is working. It's working. The thing is working. And you can tell it's working. Because instead of the test that she's going through, Causing her to continue to praise. Consider the text. And to give glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. She's not as excited. She's not as determined. She's not as dogged. Get this, as she used to be, or as she should be, upon hearing the revelation of God. I got to read it again, because look, by the faces of some of you, I'm losing you. I, I, I got to read this one more time. Y'all just stay with me. First Peter. First Peter 1 and 7. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold. That perishes, though it be tested by, help me, may be found to what? Praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You're getting the revelation. You're getting the word. 
but your praise has diminished. Glory in one sense represents power. Your power or your anointing has diminished. Why? Because you're thinking it strange. You question, you question what you should consider too sacred to question. You wonder about what should be too sacred for you to wonder, especially as a mature child of God. Just like gold, that, that gold has to separate from the junk. And when you see that pure gold, you, you can see it glistening from a distance. You can't help but to see that pretty metallic yellow color of gold from a distance because the junk has been moved to the side. Same with a child of God. You can't help but sense the anointing because they have allowed all the junk to get out of their lives but as long as you're playing you're allowing that thing to toy with your mind that anointing is going to be concealed and the junk is going to hinder your praise hinder your anointing hinder what God has ordained for you to do and to possess said you know you gotta let the junk go you got, you got to stop thinking strange. Everybody else is doing it. I don't see why I can do it. You got to let the junk go. God didn't call you to be like everybody. God called you to be peculiar. Different. Sanctified. Holy. Spirit filled. Spirit led. He called you to be a faith walker. He call you to be a faith walk. Say to your neighbor, bottom line, there are some that are failing the test that they're going through right now. You're thinking it's strange. It's hot. Ain't done stop confessing Romans 8 and 28. Should be confessing. It's going to work out for my good. Oh, let me turn in victory. God ordained for my pastor to give me knowledge and understanding. I'm going to quit fighting my pastor. Hallelujah. You cannot allow a thing to control your mind to the point to where you start thinking in contrast to what is written and revealed. You can't allow that to take place. 
got to keep praising God in the midst of trouble. But then he shifts. He shifts even though he stays contextual in verse 8. Notice again. He talks about the genuineness of their faith and the test of it in verse 7 of 1 Peter 1. But then he starts talking about Jesus. He says, whom having not seen, you love him. You love him. One of the greatest tragedies that has not been corrected is that people still won't recognize that true love Biblically and theologically speaking, equates obedience. True love equates obedience. They want to tell you about agape. They want to tell you about philo and, and, and the rest. Let you know they know the Greek words and, and, and them two Hebrew words. But what should be talked about more so than anything amongst Christians is what Jesus said in John 14 and 15. Well, matter of fact, I'm going to read it to you. Go there with me. It's a, it's a simple little verse, but it's so powerful. John 14. I ain't. I hadn't even went to the scripture. I've been rolling, but I think I need to stop and just read this one. John fourteen and fifteen. Jesus said to his disciples, "If you love me, keep my commandment." Now, this is what he said to his disciples after they wanted to be shown something. In the first eight or so verses in John 14, in part, they say, hey, if you show us the Father, we'll be okay. They wanted to see something. And so, Jesus let them know, look, when you see me, you see the Father. But then he turned around and said to them here in John 14 and 15, if you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. Loving me ain't about you seeing the Father. Loving me is about you keeping my commandments. When Jesus talked about love, it was always in reference to obedience. The majority of the time, it was always in reference to obedience. If you love me, just do what I tell you. And there are folk that still have a problem with that 
in our day and time. That's the reason we have so many versions of the Bible. That's the reason we, we have uh, churches that will never fellowship because of the, diverse, of, of the differences between the churches. If you love me, keep my commandment. Just do what I tell you to do. Then you have everybody want to be smart and do the pastor's job in the church. Or some folk. No, this is what I'm saying. If God gave a pastor to give knowledge and understanding, why try to fight it if it's right? If, he, if he's the one that gave pastors, don't, why try to fight it? If it's rightly divided according to the scripture and the revelation comes forth under the anointing and you have the spirit of God and you see that it's in line and, and the preacher is doing 1 Corinthians 11 and 1 imitating Christ and you ought to imitate the preacher. Don't fight it. Just stay in the word. Right? If you love me, keep my commandments. Keep my commandments. See, because Jesus had let them know, I'm getting ready to go. So even though he was going to leave and they would never see him, until he came back to get all of his children, he wanted them to keep his commandments. And, and you used to in church when he said that preachers would say, we got to keep the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Say your neighbor is more than ten. More than ten. God, gave, God gave people that had a slave mentality ten. When Israel came out of Egypt, they had a slave mentality. They were used to doing just certain things. But God is a progressive God. And so he gave Moses the ten. But if you, you will look in the Old Testament as it, as it goes into the New Testament, you will, you will see that God started asking them to do more. Even when it gets into the prophetic books, he starts asking them to do more. And then when we get to the New Testament, the Hebrew writer especially talked about how, how certain things, because they had been fulfilled, like the commandments that were written on stone, God will start putting things in the hearts of people. How? Through his word. That word will prick your heart. It'll prick it. David understood it even before it came evident. 
That's the reason David decreed in the Psalms, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I got your word right here, Lord, because I don't want to sin against you. And love is keeping the commandments. You're doing what God tells you to do. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something that uh, you may or may not agree with me on. God will tell you to do some things that you, specifically your flesh, don't want to do. In the form of a command. And, and get this. There are cor corporate commands, but then there are personal commands that God gives folks. Walk before you do anything every single morning. I want you up praying for my people. And walk, I want you to stay down until I tell you to get up praying for my people. Did he give y'all that command? But he gave it to me. That there are certain folk that he'll say, look, I want you to give so-and-so $100 every week until I tell you different. Did he give everybody that command? No, but it is a command. Peter understood when Jesus talked about love that that real love was not only keeping the commandments of God. Because when, when Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Guess who was there? Peter, or the author of First Peter. He was there, listening. And so he turned around and, and said to the saints of Asia Minor, I know you love the Lord who you have not seen. I know you love him. You hadn't seen him, but I know you you love him. I get offended when folks say, How can you believe in a God you don't see? And I tell him real quick, because I love him. And when I do what he tells me to do, I can feel his love. Just like right now, can't you just sense his love? When you're going through something, but he still calls it to work out. Don't you don't see it? Can't you just sense his love? When you're going through something, you don't know how in the world you're going to get out of it. But then he fixes it for you. Don't you just sense his love. When you get that doctor's report, but on the way out, uh, though you don't see a body, you hear something say, it's going to be well. Don't you just sense his love. Say to somebody, I'm in love with the unseen. Oh, say that to another person. I'm in love with the unseen. I've never seen him, but I love him more than I love my wife. 
I've never seen him, but I love him more than I love my children. I've never seen him, but I make sure every morning before I have my coffee, I get on my knees and I talk to him about what I need and I expect him to direct my path. Say the two more for I'm in love with the unseen. Woo! I'm in love with the unseen. Sometimes I dance, but I know he's right there with me. I'm in love with the unseen. And some folk will look at you if you tell them something like that and say, you're mad. No, I ain't crazy. I'm just in love with somebody that I can't see that treats me better than the folk that I Say to your neighbor, the one that I'm in love with, that I can't see, treats me better than folk that I see every single day. Even when he whips us, chastens us, We leave loving him because he told us up front, those I love, I chase and oh, I rebuke. He loves us even though we don't see him. I had this atheist say, tell me this one thing. Who, when, when you look up to them clouds, who are you looking for? I said, I'm looking for the one that also lives on the inside of me. Paul said to the Colossian church, to whom God would make known what is the glory amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In him. Paul said, we live, we move, and we have our being. You can feel him, women, just like you feel a baby on the inside of you. You can feel him moving on the inside of you. There are times to where he will put in you joy unspeakable. Or where you will feel him so in your spirit to where you have to throw up your hands. And senior minister did earlier and allow a heavenly language just to come out. Have you ever felt the presence of God moving on the inside of you? Have you ever felt God whisper in your, in your spirit that all is well when you were going through your darkest trial? Have you ever felt the touch of God from your crown to the sole of your feet in the midst of what you were going through? Do you know that he's real? Say to your neighbor, I know he's real. 
even though these eyes have never laid eyes on him I know he's real I know he's real because of what I sense all around me but I also know that he's real because of what I sense when I hear my brothers and my sisters giving him the glory the honor and the praise giving him the glory about a trial giving him the glory about giving giving him the glory about what they're going through and I know that he's real and never seen him but we love him that's the reason we can't treat church as ordinary you going to church uh, I don't think I'm going to make it today. The Jesus on the inside of us be ready for church. I, well, I'm, I, be, I better back up. The Jesus on the inside of me be ready for church. Ooh, I said the Jesus on the inside of me be ready for church. Ooh, I can feel him right now. Do you feel your Jesus right now? Just touch yourself and, and, and tell your neighbor, I feel my Jesus right now. Used to, be a, used to be an old song, I can feel it moving. Woo, I feel him right now. I sense him right now. He's real. But we don't see him. Even, y'all better hold on. Even when I sin or do wrong, I sense him. It's not just when I'm in my hallelujah mode. When I sin. Walker, you was wrong. You didn't do right, Walker. He talks to you. Some psychiatrists would say that, that, that you have a dual personality. Some have even labeled folks as bipolar simply because of what they believe in and their strong belief in, in God. Why? Because many of the theories that they follow are linked to folks that were atheists, agnostics, people that spent years trying to disprove not just God, but God being on the inside of a person. But how many of you know you receive the Spirit of God? You know the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you. You know he tells you what to and what not to do according to John 16 and 13. Some of you, you got to get in your Bible because some of the stuff I'm saying look like it's going over your head. And you've been in church too long not to know this. Amen. 
Let me close. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Notice the latter part of verse 8 as I get ready to close. We love him even though we have never seen him. But then he goes on to say, though now you do not see him, yet believing. See, the reason we love him is because we yet have faith or we believe. But, but notice this, you don't see him, you believe, and you rejoice. With joy inexpressible and full of glory. I'm closing with this right here. One of the main things that a child of God has that causes him or her to continue to be a faith walker trusting a God that they have never seen and continuing to give him the glory. One thing is truth. 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 I, I've even told folks, I said, look, if, if you just do the truth, you'll see whether or not he's real. I said, but the only thing, I said, said, you can't try to put him on your timetable. Just do the truth. And you're going to see the hand of God. And his hand represents his what? His power. I said, it's true. What is so important about truth to a faith walk that causes us to love the unseen? Jesus and his his word. First, according to John 14 6, Jesus is truth. Truth is not just a quality of our Lord's, He is truth. He is the embodiment of truth. When you think about truth, the first thing you should list is Jesus. And Jesus, he, he would say, or he said to his disciples, after he told them, let not your heart be troubled. And, and they got disturbed and, and wanted him to show them the way. He said, look, I am the way. But the second thing he said, and the truth. But truth not only equates Jesus, truth is that which cleanses us. Gets our mind to the point to where it becomes sanctified. Set apart for God. Jesus said in John 17 and 17, in a prayer to the Father, sanctify them, our Christians, by your truth. He closed out the verse by saying, for your word is truth. Truth sanctifies. Whenever in your mind or in your heart you're still trying to debate what is written and revealed, 
you're not sanctified the way you need to be. When you try to fight what's right, you're not sanctified the way you need to be. You, you have proof to cleanse you. You're still nasty up here. That, that's maybe too hard for some of y'all. Okay, that, Lord have mercy. That just, Lord have mercy. It just, whoop, came out. But I'm trying to make it so plain to where, you know, it will. If I tell you, if you need to give God his tithes in order to be blessed, you're still trying to debate it with me. You're not sanctified. I don't want to be around that uncleanness. Sanctify them by your. Some of y'all ain't seen that verse. Go to John 17. Lord have mercy. I was closing, but I think I need to go here. I think sometimes folk be thinking, if, if I do mistake something and quote it wrong, I will correct it. I will say I was wrong, but most of the time I, I hit it. Let's go to John 17 and 17. No, that, that I studied. I can say that not in a bragging way, but I, I studied. I really studied. But consider John 17 and 17, because some of y'all need to see this. John 17 and 17, this is what Jesus prayed. Sanctify them by your, help me, your word is what? See, you have to be sanctified. And, and see, the main area that needs to be sanctified that we never understood in, in the holiness church. Because the holiness church, sanctification, they base it on what you wore. Should you wear decent and, and uh, honorable clothing? Yeah. But. Sanctification needs to start here, in the mind, in the heart. See, because if I give you truth and you're sanctified, you're going to receive that truth. But if I give you truth and you try to fight that truth, you, had, you, had, you either have not received the sanctification that you should have in order to be cleansed, are you fighting sanctification? Sanctify them by your, what's going to clean them? Your, the word going to sanctify your mind. Your mind should eventually become like what is written and revealed. It should be to the point to where it should be a compliment to you. Lord, you are always Bible person. That should be a compliment to you. Because we should be, according to the scripture, living epistles. Living Bibles. Living words. Living letters. Because everything we see here, especially in the New Testament, were epistles or letters. And so, the church was taught, you need to be living epistles. Whatever you get from the latter is what you need to become. We need to be walking word. What was Jesus called? The word. John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word what was God. John 1 and 14, and the word became flesh. Before he was flesh, he was what? The word. Did he ever stop being the word? No. He kept using what? The word. Why? Because he was the word. 
I'm going to stop right there. Lord have mercy. I'm going to stop right there.